Hello and welcome to Silence, a podcast where women get really honest about surviving and thriving in what often feels like a man's world. My guests are wonder women from the fields of science, technology, engineering and mathematics or STEM, where inclusivity and diversity can be a real problem. I know this only too well myself as a female Southeast Asian mechanical engineer. I was kind of a minority within a minority back then. I'm Dr. Shanice O'Mara, an engineer turned broadcaster. Throughout my career, I've worked on and reported on some cutting edge technology and innovation. And through my television work, I've met some incredibly inspiring women from a diverse range of STEM fields. Talking to these exceptional ladies has often left me feeling empowered, hopeful and excited about life. I believe silence will enrich you too. Every week a woman in STEM shares her unique experiences with absolutely no pressure in having to promote her accomplishments or guard her impressive reputation because I've come to realize that everyone is just way more open and relaxed when they're anonymous. So I deliberately disguise my guest voices so that we're just connecting as human beings rather than human doings. It's my hope that you really relate to what we chat about today. If so, please do subscribe to Silence and maybe even rate and review the show. I'd love to have your feedback. This week, my guest is in the field of astrophysics. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How's it going with the old lockdown coronavirus situation? I mean, it's... It's all right. It's not too bad. I've kind of been keeping busy. I've got like a to-do list every day, even if it's like the most minor thing, like learn how to bake a cake, do two hours <laughs> of Duolingo. So it's, it's been going all right for me. I've actually oh. been more productive. Are you using Duolingo? Yeah. What are you learning? Which language? Uh, I'm learning Spanish. Oh. Yeah, cool. I've been trying to learn it for about like five years. <laughs> Yeah, how's it yeah. going? It's going well. I've been more productive locked in the house than um, learning it uh, at university. So, so are you still in? Like, you're still in physics then? Um... Uh, well, yes. I graduated in 2017, so I'm still in science communication. So after I graduated, I worked in like the observatory, and I've just kind of been working in observatories ever since, but kind of more in the science communication route. Wow. Okay. And what made you go into astrophysics? Because it's, I mean, I I can see it's fascination, but to actually study it seems really tough. Actually, it's it's a long story. I actually didn't know that I was ever going to do physics. Um, When I was in school, I was really good at geography and science. So I thought I'd want to go into earth sciences. So I actually started off doing geology at uh, Cardiff University uh that was back in 2013 but it didn't really end well I had kind of a horrible uh experience at the university it was a lot of um like racial issues in the department because like I was the only um I think I was the only black person on the on the course um wow minority within a minority yeah I was the only black person on the course and I was like there wasn't a lot of girls doing the course either so um, I faced like a lot of issues like in lab sessions and just like um, I'd ask for help and I would be ignored. I would send emails to lecturers asking for one-to-ones and I would get like ignored. Um, I would get papers graded uh, badly um, and then I would, you know, go to my ment- like student mentor, you know, kind of have they give you a mentor one year above or a master's student. And they'd say, I don't know why you got this grade. This, your paper is absolutely, I don't see anything wrong with it. And it was just kind of like I was trying to fight an invisible force of kind of like, I couldn't fight the institution. And then at the end of the day, I was just so depressed. And I decided that I would have to leave uh, the university just for my own mental um, health. So that's how I found, that's how I found physics. I I like I reached out to uh, this new physics department that had started at St Mary's in Twickenham, and um, they took me on starting in second year. So I had no first year experience of physics. I just jumped straight into second year, and um, that was really difficult because I only did physics. Wait, did you have a physics A level? I only did physics to AS. I did not do A two. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gosh, that's so tough. Yeah, so coming from just AS knowledge and then skipping first year, going straight into the second year 
was really difficult because there was stuff that was being talked about and I was like I have not done that so I had to kind of do uh, double the work just to just to get to the basic level of understanding that people had. But well done you for sort of self-teaching yeah yeah that was the most difficult part but I I feel really proud of myself that I did it sometimes I can't believe that I that I I successfully managed to overcome that that was very difficult how did you get through it like did you have a tutor I mean how did you catch up I mean I, I, I just don't know how you wrapped your head around that because you know physics is already really really hard so to teach yourself and then also be learning new stuff like how did that even work for you it was very difficult I had to teach myself I watched a lot of YouTube videos I actually watched some of your YouTube videos actually uh, yeah <laughs> yeah um, the crash course videos and then um I got um I tried to get a tutor uh but it was so difficult I remember I was paying 40 pounds an hour to have this tutor and she was just like you are lacking so much knowledge that you're not going to be able to do this and it was I actually went home and cried after she told me that she was like you don't you you're waiting over your head I you don't know what you don't even know what you don't know so um good luck to you any of us know what we don't know (laughs) she was like good luck to you but I don't know how you're gonna I don't know how you're gonna do this so I I spent a lot of hours teaching myself and trying to be positive about the situation I mean what made you keep going why didn't you just give up and just go you know what I I, I'm gonna do something else Uh, I don't know I just had this passion for physics and I just knew that if I pushed a little bit harder I could do it because I I loved what I was learning and even though it was difficult I knew that like I could do it I don't know I just I loved the subject so much that I I felt proud whenever I would achieve something or figure out how to do something I was so proud of myself and I'd be like oh I can do this I can do this so I just kept saying that to myself um you know I can get through the next exam I can get through the next semester and then that's how I kept going Mm. But did you find it interesting or were you doing it to prove a point that, you know, a female black person could excel in physics or something? I I found it interesting because when I did physics at AS level, my teacher was so supportive of me and he was like, "Um, you're good, but you just need to put in a little bit more effort. So I remember I found it really difficult when I was doing A level, but I really enjoyed it. And I kind of felt like... It was something I always wanted to do, but I felt like I wasn't good enough to do it. I wasn't smart enough to do it, but I found it really interesting. So when I was doing geology, I kept, you know, like I'd watch like a lot of like uh, physics shows and I'd be like, oh, that's really cool. I wish I could study that. And then one day I was just kind of like, why do I feel like I wish I could study that? I, I can study this. So I just kind of pushed myself and I was like, it's difficult, but like, I, I felt like I could do it. It was so weird. I just felt like I've, this is something I find interesting, but for some reason I'm afraid of it. And I think I was afraid of it because I was doubting myself. Like oh, you're not good at maths. You're not good at this, you know. To be honest, those kinds of things have been my biggest struggle. Kind of if I'm not good at something and I'm doing something, and I'm just consistently not great at it. I've mm. always you know, I've I've kind of almost wanted to give up. Um, actually, having said that, I mean, I was never really great at science myself. Um, yeah. But yeah, I kept going. But I think my motivation was that I really wanted to be like my dad, who was an engineer oh. or is an engineer. And, and so even though I wasn't good at it, I absolutely wanted to follow in my dad's footsteps because I was such a daddy's girl. And so that was oh. my motivation. But I, I can't believe that I'm talking to someone who like was consistently struggling um, and wanted to keep going despite the struggle. I mean, that's amazing to me. Yeah, it was really, even now, like sometimes I think about doing, um, like I'm applying for PhDs and I'm currently waiting to hear back from two actually. And it, that was that was nerve wracking in itself because after I kind of, finished my degree I was like I did it you know I did this impossible thing and I never thought I'd be able to do and then I for some reason there's something in the back of my mind saying but you can do more this is not the end of the road you still like I still want to research I still want to be a research scientist and 
it's, it's just this thing inside me that like, even though it's difficult, I feel like I, my life would have no purpose if I, if I didn't do it. Mm. I, 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 found, I found myself thinking about doing other jobs and I was just kind of like, but that's not what you want to do. And even though what I want to do is, is very difficult for me, it's kind of like a, a life, a life purpose. Mm. Yeah. So you found your calling. So what, what is your daily life like and what, do you want for your future um so my daily life at the moment I just finished an internship which I was writing every day in that internship just doing kind of like um reading papers from other astrophysicists and writing up press releases for them so kind of that that kind of inspired me to want to do the research I was reading so right now I'm in lockdown so I'm not really doing much but um if I want to hopefully in the next this September I want to either start a PhD or get into teaching I think that would be that's like the next big phase of my life that I want to to get into but I can we just take a moment to congratulate you for getting a first in physics when you you know started out with a half an A level essentially (laughs) that's amazing well done I mean god how did you do it another big driving force was my mom I have yeah. a, I have an African like African uh, background um, Nigerian family and my mom's biggest thing is kind of like you need to graduate if you don't have a degree you're basically useless and that's kind of like the that's kind of like your certificate if the degree is kind of not for you it's for your parents if you provide if you provide that certificate your mom it's kind of like you're you're free you're you're free to do whatever you want in life you can go ahead and become a belly dancer for all she cares she just wants the certificate (laughs) I wonder if that's kind of um an ethnic minority thing because um a lot of the people that I studied with were not doing the degrees for their parents. They were doing it for themselves uh, um, or for some other reasons. But I totally, I totally relate to you when it comes to doing things for your parents. Because for me, um, as you know, first generation of immigrants, I basically felt a lot of pressure to <clears throat> do my best for my parents that did this really difficult thing of leave their home countries for a better life. Yeah. And so I totally get it when you say that the certificate was for your parents. Yeah. Me too. Cause I'm, I'm like the first born um, in my, like the first daughter. So my mom is, I, I kind of feel like this responsibility cause my younger siblings look up to me. So if I kind of dropped out of uni or if I gave up on my dreams, it would kind of, it's kind of setting a bad example for them. And then for her, it's kind of like she has made all these sacrifices and she doesn't see the end result in her kids. So for me, it was really important that I'm doing the degree for myself because I have this passion, but I'm also doing it for her. So that was that, that was the most important thing. Once I got my certificate saying, this is you, you're done with your degree. I was I was overwhelmed, but I didn't feel the joy for myself I felt it kind of for her yeah yeah gosh I mean that was the same for me like uh, as soon as I got my doctorate I was just like you know dad I hope I hope this makes you happy because um you know my parents have put their lives towards raising me and my sisters and you know, you want to give something back because they're just so selfless. My parents have been really selfless mm. and um, I just wanted to give back. But I think what's really important with that kind of thinking is to balance it with what you also really want to do. And it sounds like you are striking that balance between what you want and what your parents want. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very it's a very difficult thing to do, especially when you come from like an ethnic minority background, because I always fell into the trap of I need a job just to get a job. Um, so to make my parents proud, but at the same time, you don't want to lose yourself and what you want to do. So I remember when I graduated, I was like, uh, my mom would send me so many job like emails like oh they're hiring in this bank and I'm like mom I don't want to work in a bank it's a great job but that's not what I want to do and I felt almost selfish kind of like um 
and now I've graduated, but now I don't want to work. And I, I felt very selfish for the longest time about not going straight into work, into finance or into just anything that was well paid, uh, because I know that was what would make uh, my mom proud because she was a, a single mom who raised me, uh, me and my sisters. So I was like, she wants me to work, obviously. Um, but at the end of the day, like following my path of even though it's 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 very shaky and it's not certain and I'm not, you know, sitting in an office and making a lot of money, it's still what makes me happy. And I think she 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 doesn't really understand it, but she's supportive and, and that's what's most important to me, is that that support. Yeah. I really relate to your journey. Like for me, once I graduated, my parents were like, okay, now you have to work towards yeah. becoming CEO of, you know, some engineering company and yeah. things like that. And I was like, you know, I especially when you do a PhD, you really love research. Mm-hmm. And when you love research, you're not necessarily into sort of making loads of money and you're just fascinated by something. And yeah. that can be fulfilling and I know that sounds a bit impractical because you know we've got bills to pay and Mm -hmm. things like that but but living a researcher life is is so rewarding and not many people understand that yeah so so yeah it's amazing that you are saying well I understand that she's not going to get get it Mm -hmm. and that's okay because I never had that I I actually um ended up being quite annoyed at my parents for not understanding Oh, yeah. See, I, so, uh, well, actually, I'm quite lucky because I, my little sister is like a photographer. So <laughs> if, if, if I said I... Other end of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's got, she's kind of got that balance of um, the younger one where she can kind of, um, um, she, she, she's got different, different kids where she can bounce off. So she's busy with my sister and then she's not kind of on me so she kind of bounces from one of us to the next but she's actually she's I think she's changed over the years like before she'd be like you have to do a serious job and you have to do this and you have to do that but like I think her mind's been kind of broadened over the years and that's been really great to see that that change in her understanding that you can make a living no matter what you choose to do um parents, it doesn't parents seem to, to be a lawyer yeah yeah like older yeah it's really quite cool um because you know i i know growing up my parents were like you've got to do this you've got to do that they were really strict and sort of um Mm -hmm. quite disciplinarian whereas the older they've got they've just become more mellow and they're just like yeah just you know if you're happy doing that do it and you know i i love that attitude because um it makes me feel like i'm trusted to make uh the right decisions for myself so yeah, parents mellowing as they get older. It's 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 so much nicer when they kind of just trust that you can make your own decisions, but you do sort of need to get to an age where you can make your own decisions. Um and I I don't think that's when you're a teenager. No, absolutely not. I mean, I I had no idea what I was doing when I was a teenager. Um you kind of have to go through you, you can't be expected to just know what you want to do when you're a teenager. I mean, I had no idea I'd be where I am today when I was 16. So it's it's impossible to, to be able to make those big life decisions at such a young age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what kind of kid were you? Was it obvious you were going to end up in STEM? Um, so it's really weird because when I was younger, because I, I like to like fix things around the house. Um, so if something was broken, my mom would be like, oh, Vanessa can fix it. Come fix the TV. Come fix, you know, whatever. And she was like, oh, you'd be a really good engineer. And when I was in it, when I was younger, I thought engineer meant electrician. <laughs> yeah. And I also thought it meant car mechanic. Which it also does. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, mom, I don't want to be a car mechanic. I don't want to fix cars. Stop calling me an engineer. <laughs> so, um, God, your mom and then was I was so, also, uh, foresighted. Yeah. Yeah. But I was also really bad at school. So she used to make fun of me going, you cannot spell for the life of you. Um, I hated going to school. It was, especially when I was like in primary school, it was, it was a nightmare because I was, I was an average student. Um, I was never like the A star or the A student. I was always a B when I worked really hard and 
a, a high C, just I was basically just an average B student. And I never thought I would want to get into academics. I was like, I can't wait to be done with school. I never want to see this place again. Um, and the fact that I I got to this point where I found something that was very important to me. And I was like, even though I hate, I, or I thought I hate, hated learning, I actually don't. It's kind of like when you, when you figure out what you like to learn, I then do. learning is not a chore anymore. So what did you find interesting about what you were doing? Like, what was compelling you to learn? Um, for me, it was movies, actually. I watched a lot of movies about, like, scientists, um, like the film Dante's Peak, where he's, like, a geologist or something. And I was like, oh, like, when you learn about stuff in school, it's it can actually lead to, like, a career. For me, I'd only heard about people being, like, lawyers and doctors and engineers. And I didn't know that there were kind of other jobs in science out there. I didn't know that if you like anything that you like, basically... You can study that as a job. You can research that. And it was it was kind of watching like documentaries. I, I watched a lot of National Geographic as a kid, and I realized that people had other jobs that were interesting. And I was like, oh, I can study this. And it was kind of that big revelation that like school is a tool that gets me to where I want to be in terms of mm. uh, research. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I feel like we don't do enough to show how cool science is. And, yeah. you know, that's what I have dedicated my life to showing is that science is really awesome. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when I was a kid, I kind of looked at people's jobs and I just the idea of going and working behind a desk um, for the rest of your life just filled me with absolute terror. Mm. Um, I just didn't want to do something so monotonous. And look, there are people out there that only want that because they want to do something like that for their day job and then go home and have a very interesting, different life. But um, mm -hmm. for me, I wanted to do a job that was just revealing the awesomeness of science. Yeah. But to do that, you had to understand it first, you know. Yeah, a lot of people crave that safety net, and I always fell into that trap. It's kind of like because being a research scientist isn't—it's not a safe job. Um, and even though it's boring sitting behind a desk, a lot of people kind of do those jobs, or a lot of people fall out of ac academia. Even they go into kind of like finance or banking, and they do it because it's safe. And I think you kind of have to have that drive in you for whatever you want to do. That's not you know the mundane. Um, and just and just stick with it because it's a yeah. passion that, it's a passion that drives you to to continue when it gets really tough because it can get it, really really difficult yeah I mean so you know you're a person that clearly is not afraid of challenge um, you know if you can't do something it almost seems to motivate you to do it even more mm. um, but why in particular did you feel like you wanted to go into something like astrophysics? Like, you know, what is it in particular that you find interesting? Because, uh, you know, my audience might be listening to this going, I don't even know what astrophysics is. So what is it about it that, like, lights you up? So for me, it was always like, I've just always been interested in space and science ever since I was a kid. Um, I remember once we were driving in the car, I must have been about six years old, and I was just obsessed with the moon. And I kept telling my mom, why does the moon follow us? And she told me something like ridiculous. Um, she told me something like really mind blowing. Like um, she was like, uh, the moon is like thousands of miles away from us. So we don't actually follow the moon. Um, it doesn't follow us or something like that. And my mom knows nothing about science or anything, but I just found it really details like that really cool because when I was in school we never really learned about space so I grew up just kind of watching a lot of documentaries to teach myself just to learn more because I was I found it really fascinating mm. and then when I got to my uh, third year because I always had an interest in space in general um, I wanted to do a project on exoplanets because I was like obsessed with um, the work being done by the uh, NASA uh, Kepler Space Telescope. So I would watch like a lot of like um, videos when they would announce like new planets being discovered. And there were like these two science communicators, uh, women, 
who are so good at like delivering the information and they they literally ignited like a passion in me about exoplanets it was a uh, dr sarah siga and dr i think natalie vitalia and they were so good at like just communicating the science and i would like watch all the interviews about how they got into science and i was like these women are my role models like if they can do it i can do it and it was kind of like those two women in particular that pushed me into into wanting to to go into research and dr neil degrasse tyson I discovered uh, Cosmos, uh, Space Time Odyssey, a couple of years ago, and I didn't, I didn't know of any black astrophysicists at the time, um, and that was that was really inspiring to to see his his um, his work as well and read about his story about how he got to where he was. What did you think of the film Hidden Figures? Oh, I really liked it. Yeah, it was really good. I didn't know anything about the lives of those women until I watched the film. Yeah, it's it was it was amazing. Yeah, it's amazing that like you know such incredible women just were not known. Yeah, because growing up, like I knew like Vera Rubin and you know um, yeah. all the like famous uh, physicists, but I didn't know about you know these women, and I just kind of felt like, wow, you know, this would have been really inspiring if I if I knew about them when I was younger. But now I guess you know the younger generation get to have uh, these role models, and that's really cool. Yeah, and you probably might be one of them because, I mean, you know, it sounds like you need to be at somewhere like JPL. Oh, that would be a dream. I mean, <laughs> what's stopping you? <laughs> exactly. That's. I always have these crazy dream, dreams and I'm like, oh, do I need to pace myself? Do I need to come back to reality? The answer is no. Like, <laughs> the sky is the limit. Like, especially for you as an astrophysicist, like, you know, the uh, there's just so much out there that you could go into. I mean, that's, I think that's what's so exciting about people going into STEM is that, you know, you can push the boundaries of our knowledge. Like, you are an age and a stage at your, of your career where you could really um, push uh, the frontiers of what we of our knowledge of space basically um, yeah. and that's why I love places like JPL because I mean you just go there and you talk to the people and you just feel like they are really like advancing human understanding um, mm. it's just so I love their passion and you have the same passion oh that's really nice thing yeah I've never been there but it's on my it's on my to go list list of places to visit um maybe not this year but next year yeah I mean there's just so many possibilities in STEM um I do want to know though like how it's been for you know a, a young black woman in a very male-dominated subject like mm -hmm. physics? Like, how have you coped? It's been really difficult because, um, you don't. when you don't see yourself in an environment, you wonder if you really belong there. Um, so for me, it's kind of looking up to different role models and being like, okay, if they've done it, then I can do it. But when you're in it, it's it's very difficult because you can go into a department, um, let's say you're starting a PhD somewhere and everyone is, you know, the same, everyone's male, everyone's white, or you know, you're one you're the only black person in the in the department, or you're the one of five women, you know, in the department. It's very difficult for people to kind of understand your point of view and really feel like you're, you know, you belong there. So it, it's it's really difficult. I feel like in especially I don't know what it's like outside in outside the UK, but um, it's not very diverse when you go to different yeah. physics departments from universities to universities in terms of their the lecturers aren't diverse, the students aren't diverse, and it's I get it's 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 a very niche area inside a niche area. So did you went. Did you ever want to leave because of that? Um, I never wanted, I, yeah, I, I have had moments of wanting to give up, but then I found, I felt like if I gave up, what would I, 
what would I do? You know, it's kind of like, if you give up, then they win. Like people who make you feel uncomfortable, make you feel like you don't belong somewhere. If you decide, all right, I'm going to give up, then it's kind of like, well, they've won. And now you have nothing. So Mm. yeah, it's kind of like, it's very difficult having to, you know, to fight through that. Because, you know, the subject is difficult enough, but having that extra layer of um, feeling um, like an outsider, it's it's very difficult. Mm. I mean, why do you feel like it's got better over your short time in physics? Um, you know, do you think the future will be more welcoming for you and your qualifications? Um, I feel like if there are like if it's really hard to say because I don't really see that many um women of color staying in physics or or like the numbers increasing and I'm not sure why that is. It might have to do with kind of like they just don't know that that's an option for them or they feel uncomfortable and then they leave. So I'm not really sure if the if the situation will improve um, without kind of like steps being taken by the university. That's why I'm really happy with, um, I don't know if you know this, the Joycelyn Bell uh, Foundation. Um, so there is this astrophysicist called uh, jo- uh, Joycelyn Bell. She was um, the one who founded, I think she founded a, a pulsar during her doctorate degree. And she's okay. extremely famous. So she's got, um, she uh, donated her break. I think she was a breakthrough prize. I think she, um, what did she do? She started a foundation for uh, people who are disadvantaged in physics to, to be able to get some help with their education through this kind of scholarship oh, wow. program. And I thought that was really mm-hmm. cool. So it's, it, it kind of takes a lot of people like that to say, there's a, there's a, there's a situation happening here. I'm in a position of power where I feel like I can help and then to, to kind of change it from the inside out so that people do feel yeah. welcome and included. Yeah. I mean, is physics for the stereotypical white guy? I think so. I mean, in, in every instance, I don't think it's for them. I feel like it's just dominated by them at this point in time. But I, I really hope that it, it opens up in the future so that, you know, you know no one wants to walk, walk into a room just full of white guys and being like, OK, it, what what is happening here? You know, mm. do you think it's impacted you personally? Um, I feel like because I'm so used to it now, um, it's it's impacted kind of like my ability to speak up in like a room. Because you just feel like my opinion is not going to be respected or it's not going to be listened to. Um, so I may as well just not speak. Yeah, so yeah, I may as well not. Because you, you don't want to run the risk of sounding uh, stupid. But I think that's kind of a negative thing because you, you miss out on a lot of um, opinions. Like I love to hear different people's opinions whether I disagree with you or not it's the more opinions you hear about a situation the more you can kind of look at it from all all corners and I feel like we miss out on that when people feel like they don't have the voice to to speak up in a room full of people where when they are the minority yeah I know exactly what you mean because you know everyone thinks you'll get the answer wrong so it's better not to speak Mm -hmm. because you might get the answer wrong um, in which case you just fed them exactly what they were expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've talked to women about this and so many women, whether they're of colour or not, um, say that they'd rather just keep their mouth shut than put themselves in a position of being wrong. Yeah. Possibly being wrong. And and um, I remember this one woman said, do you know what? I'm just prepared to be wrong. I don't care. I'll be wrong then. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was incredibly liberating that, you know, because I think the problem lies with us that we're scared of being wrong. But if you take away the fear of being wrong and just be wrong mm-hmm. from time to time, it's actually not that bad. Exactly. A lot of men do it all the time. They'll just say, oh, I, ha- I have something to say. And it's like, they're, they're completely wrong, but they don't care. They just have that confidence. I just say, if you if you lead with the confidence of a white man, just pretend you are a white man and you will be fine. 
there will I've been to so many like public lectures and talks where people will just like say, oh, but I disagree with that. I think this is this and this is that. And they're absolutely wrong. But they say it with so much confidence. And the women, the women never ask questions. And when they do, they have to make sure that they're absolutely 100% right before they ask a question. And I don't feel like that should be the case at all. I absolutely hate it when people um, talk about men and women as separate genders, because I feel like we're getting into um, a time in society where uh, there's a lot of gender fluidity. Mm -hmm. But I find myself saying, right, okay, today I need to act more like a man. Yeah, like I say that to myself. And, and, and it's purely because, for some reason, I've always found that men, like, even if they are getting something wrong or they don't really know what they're talking about. Mm. They deliver it in, in such a way that it's convincing. Mm-hmm. And I just think I want to be more like that because uh, I don't know whether it's me or like a woman thing, but we're so riddled with self-doubt. Exactly. Because if um, you already think that people are going to judge you, you already think that people think you're the weakest one in the room. So why would you run the risk of saying something and sounding stupid? Mm. Yeah, but yeah, it, yeah it's, it's absolutely about changing that mindset. We should be as confident as men are. We should, we should want to, you know, put ourselves forward without, you know, because sometimes the, the 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 fear is in our own heads. Like if you ask mm. the men, they're they're not thinking that, but we are thinking that. So then we kind of put the fear on ourselves. Yeah, I mean, it's really tricky as a woman because I think we're wired biologically. It's not even a nurture thing. It might be a nature thing that we're biologically wired to question everything we're doing. Maybe because, you know, in caveman days, um, women had to sort of like constantly assess and reassess the safety of their situation. Mm -hmm. And so we're always questioning. Um, But I find it incredibly annoying, particularly if you have a STEM background because we are deeply analytical people anyway Mm. so add that on top of the fact that we're questioning our situation you just sometimes for me I know that it's been paralyzing um where I I literally have had to um sort of walk away from situations because I'm so sort of paralyzed by self-doubt and self-questioning that you know, it's that whole perfectionism thing where you just, you want everything to be so perfect that you don't actually even start the project. Absolutely. It's kind of like a risk analysis. It's kind of, you have to like weigh the, the way that you, you come across as well. Because I find like when I've worked in like scientific, like institutions or a male dominated uh, office, like even what down to what I wear, like I try to like tone down yeah. because you don't want yeah. anyone not to take you seriously totally um and that yes that's another layer of kind of like you're watching what you say you're trying not to should I wear this should I not wear that should I look you know how does a serious woman in science look you know and it's kind of like this box that you have to put yourself in yeah it's total people pleasing Mm. it's really annoying and I just I wish I didn't have that about me and actually you know the older I get the more I'm able to let go of that stuff mm-hmm. um, because I don't know for me anyway getting older has meant that I care less about what other people think which has been really liberating mm-hmm. but yeah when I was younger I was like completely paralyzed by that like it influenced all my decisions of what I thought other people would think and the truth is that you can't actually um, please everybody And I really learned that doing crash course physics because, um, you know, before then I was doing a lot of TV and you don't get feedback with television. Whereas with something that you put on line, you know, anyone can make a comment. And so in the end, I was like, do I like what I'm making? Am I proud of what I'm making? (laughs) Because at the end of the day, that's all that counts. Like, you know, yes, there'll be some people that hate it, some people that love it, but I need to just please myself. Absolutely. Yeah. So despite the fact that you've gone through um, difficulties being a minority within a minority, um, 
as a woman of colour. Um, I really feel like you have so much strength of character, probably as a result of what you've been through. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you, you feel it, it makes you stronger, but in a way you feel like you wish you did not have to go through it. I, I, I hope in the future that a lot more girls have an easier path in, in science because, you know, it, it does build up your strength and make you stronger. But, you know, the the mental, I feel like the, the mental um, strain that it puts on you makes you less able to do your best science so in, in a way it's it's good to yeah. to fight to fight through these obstacles but you know when other when other people you know have an easier time they can focus more on their work but when you're having to worry about x y and z on top of what you're you know you're studying which is already difficult it, it can I think I feel like it can it can hinder your your um, ability to to do your best work. So in the future, I hope that like women and women of color in particular do have an easier time getting into physics, and I would love to see that improve definitely. Mm. How do you reckon we can get women into things like physics and other STEM subjects? Yeah, I mean, I feel like going into schools and talking to kids is very helpful because sometimes you meet um, kids and they're like, you're an astrophysicist? I didn't know that was possible. Or what is that? Or, you know, they don't even know that these jobs exist or they don't see anybody like them doing these jobs or, or being in these positions. So I feel like just kind of like bringing awareness. I mean, that's why it's so cool to have like people like you on TV and people like, you know, um, Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson or just anybody who's um, different being in the forefront and saying, look, we are here and, you know, we are, you know, succeeding. It is, it's a great, mm-hmm. it's a great image to, to send, I think, to, especially to young kids. Yeah, well, I guess on that note, like, you know, what's important then for anyone that is putting themselves out there is to just keep going. Because I think when you when you put yourself um, on the front line, like it can feel very kind of lonely Mm -hmm. because, you know, no one else is really doing that. And then and then with the loneliness, you think should I do this? Cause I seem to be the only one doing it mm-hmm. and maybe I shouldn't be doing it. No one, maybe no one else is doing it because it's just not the right thing to do. Um, Absolutely. But, but actually if you really believe in something and this is, you know, whether it's making science videos or, you know, making cushions for a living, like, you know, if you really believe that something needs to be created, you should just keep going with it. Absolutely. It's kind of like you don't have support. Yeah, you don't have the luxury to give up because there there are other people who are kind of looking up to you that you might not even realize that you're giving them the motivation to carry on. So if you give up, you kind of like they're looking up to you. So you, you don't want to put that pressure on yourself, but at the same time, it's kind of like you you do it for yourself, but at the same time, you being strong in your um in your life and being like, I can do this will inspire somebody else. Mm, I think that's such a great point Mm. because I think so many people out there have unique talents and abilities. And sometimes we're bullied for being very different Mm. or not conventional or just unique in, in ways. And, you know, when you're bullied, you can just, it can often make you feel like, Oh God, you know, maybe, maybe if I just was a bit like everybody else, I wouldn't be bullied. Yeah. But actually it's a case of, you know, stand up for who you are, you know, be your own champion because even if you are inspiring just one other person, Mm -hmm. it's worth it. 
Absolutely. And you don't have to be the best at whatever you do. You just have to be passionate about it. Like you don't have to be the smartest person in your class to to feel like, oh, maybe this is something I can do. All you need is to be passionate about something and don't give up and you, you'll succeed in whatever you want to do. Mm, totally. Yeah. Now, one question I always ask female guests on this show is how do you envisage um, fitting in all aspects of being a woman like motherhood I mean it sounds like you're on track for a fantastic career in astrophysics but how are you planning to fit in the other parts of life I that's a question that I have not even thought about myself uh it's very interesting I find that a lot of people are just when you're so career orientated sometimes you don't think about like the social aspects of like having you know a well-rounded life but i feel like nowadays um things are so like advanced that like motherhood and um things like that there's so many um there's so many uh what's it called there's so many things put in places for mothers and people to carry on in STEM, even without the fear of losing their jobs. Like I worked at a research organization a couple months ago and they had a daycare for parents to drop their kids while at work. And it was completely covered at the cost of the organization. And that was something that they didn't have just like five years ago. It was completely new. So I think that nowadays it's a lot easier for women to say, I can be a mother while doing my PhD, or they don't have to think like, if I go down this road, then the other parts, avenues of life are blocked off to me. It's something that I think that you can definitely do both now and people are a lot more supportive, or at least I hope they are, that mm. you don't have to feel like you can ch- you have to choose between one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I, th- I think that women have generally shied away from STEM subjects because they felt like it's not geared up to cater for women's needs. Mm-hmm. But as time goes on, it does feel like women are starting to figure out that, you know, there will be a solution mm-hmm. somehow or other. It's really kind of up to you. And I feel like people now ask themselves like what is it you want because whatever it is you want in life you can make it happen Mm. somehow some way um whereas I think back maybe in my day (laughs) sounds so old (laughs) but like back in my day um you just didn't even contemplate going into careers that were male dominated because they just wouldn't accommodate women's uh interests Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And nowadays there's so much like social awareness that companies are yeah. more likely to, to cater to women's needs. Um, even though it's like at the risk of, you know, being publicly shamed, they're more likely to okay. to say, okay, we, we realize that we have a problem and, and we need to make all our employees feel um, looked after. So I, mm. at least I hope that's the case in a lot of organizations. Um, but it's it's definitely less of a worry today. Not to say that the problem still doesn't exist in some places, but it's it's slightly better than it was um, a couple of years ago, for sure. Mm. So do you think that we are at a time where, um, you know, something like physics is definitely um, able to accommodate women? I think it's able to accommodate women. It's up to the people who are already in physics, especially men in physics, to make women feel comfortable um, coming into the field. So when you walk into a room and you're the only woman, woman, it's up to the people who are already in the room to make the newcomers or the person who is different feel comfortable. Because I I know that's what I do. If I notice that there's a, somebody is a minority in the room, I don't want to alienate them. I want to bring them in and make them feel included. So it's up to whoever, the people who are already in these positions to, to make people feel like, hey, everyone is included here. This isn't kind of a boys-only club, you know? Right, that's such a great point. Mm. Yeah, I, I wish 
more men would listen to this podcast so they know that you know how we feel yeah. as women in male-dominated industries Absolutely. so just to close then like how um you know given all your experiences going through uh university to come out the other end with degrees in astrophysics like looking back what would you do differently basically what's your advice to any girls thinking of following in similar footsteps to you Uh, first of all I don't think I would do anything differently because where I am today kind of I had to go through all those things to become like the strong person that I am today and I had to overcome all those obstacles but to girls who are thinking of going into physics I would say just do it you don't have to you know like I say you don't have to feel like I need to be you know Einstein level smart to to um to to follow this path you know ask questions as well I was somebody who felt like I had to have all the answers and asking questions was very stupid because everybody knew everything and I'm the only person asking questions when that's absolutely not true. So I would say ask as many questions as you need to ask um, and just just follow your dreams because if you don't do it, then you're going to regret it. And um, yeah, ask, keep asking questions, I would say. Perfect. So I always find if you don't follow your dreams you will end up following your dreams. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't matter what you choose in life because you think it's the right thing to do. You'll yeah. end up doing what you were meant to do anyway. Absolutely. Or, or, or it'll wake you up in the middle of the night. That's it'll, it'll just be the snagging thing in the back of your mind. And you'll never forgive yourself if you didn't at least try. So I would say at least give it a try. Oh, thank you so much for coming on Silence. It's been amazing to hear from you. No worries. Thank you for having me. That's it from my STEM guest this week. Um, What a strong lady. I feel like she really knows what she wants. Um, Despite not really having a life plan, it feels like she's very much just following her heart and following her instincts. And it's leading her to a place that is full of fulfillment and contentment. Thank you so much for listening this week. Don't forget to rate and review the show and catch you next week on Silence.